Welcome to the Learning Exchange, where L&D and HR professionals can dig deep into the ever-changing landscape of online learning and talent development. Each episode, we'll explore innovations in learning and discuss best practices with special guests from inside and outside the learning world. L&D is evolving, and the Learning Exchange is here to help you keep pace. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Learning Exchange. On today's episode, I want to spend some time talking about my observations and my thoughts around how COVID has impacted us as learning and development professionals, as well as the employees who work for our company, our our closest team members, our managers, our leaders, even our families. The biggest impact I think we can all cite for COVID as it relates to the workplace is this shift to remote work. For people like me that have been working remotely for a few years, I have had a chance to figure out how to make it work. I've had a chance to really think through what I need in my environment to help me remain productive and to contribute consistently to the overall progress of my company. For others, remote working was always a dream and Yeah, even for another group, remote working was something that they maybe didn't even know there was an interest for. Uh, In any event, for people that were forced into this recently, there, of course, has been disruption because I, I now have to figure out how to do my work in different ways. I have to figure out how to stay connected, how to be present, how to be visible when I can't be five feet away from you. I have to be able to make sure my manager understands that I'm doing my work and how my work is getting done and when I need it, when I need support. And it's very different when I can't just wave my hand or or signal to somebody across the hall or across the desk that uh, perhaps we need to go into a conference room and collaborate and whiteboard. We, you know, have seen, I think right at the beginning, uh, there was a great excitement when people were transitioning for many, it was kind of the newness factor. And then reality set in as we got through the summer, as we started returning kids to school and and those those people who have kids uh, were certainly faced with a variety of challenges, having to manage my home, having to manage work, having to manage uh, monitoring my kids during a school day when normally there is a teacher who has that sole responsibility. In all of these cases, the one thing that has remained consistent is that by moving into this new world where we're all spending our time existing virtually, it has it has impacted our ability to satisfy a core component that is built into all of us as human beings, which is we're all built to be social. Even the most introverted person you know still has a need for person-to-person interactions, not through a screen, but physical person-to-person interactions. Uh, It may be once a month, but still there is a need. And the impact of that is changing everything about our world. We see an increase in uh, reports of depression and uh, that's, I think, the uh, one of the nicer 
things, uh, statistics that have been listed. There have been some really horrible things happen because people are struggling to understand how to reconcile existing in this world while still not being able to uh, exist in the way I'm used to. Now, when we think about what this does to our employees, it impacts their attitudes, it impacts their behaviors, it impacts their ability to be productive, and ultimately, it puts all of our employees in a very real position to experience burnout. Now, this is something that ordinarily uh, managers would be able to monitor more closely. It requires a different type of management, a different type of leadership to really keep all of it pulled together in this new virtual world. Uh, when we think about the, the plight of the employee who's wrestling with all of these things, the, uh, you know, the attitudes may start out great at the beginning of every day. The intention is always great. I'm excited to get up and to do my job and to have that, that sort of structure or routine. And then over time throughout the course of my day, uh, I start to run into areas where I feel perhaps frustration because I'm not sure how to address this or how to tackle that or how to overcome this one particular scenario. In a, in a digital-only world, um, if we you know, factor in not only that, but perhaps the employees may not have an adequate space at home to really be able to insulate and work uh, in, an, in an uninterrupted way. Many, many businesses around the world have taken steps proactively to try and make sure they make allowances for employees to build out an, a home office space that is able to meet the demands of, of the job, um, able to help the employee find a really good way to, to be able to do their job in this different environment. When I think about the managers, uh, already stated, but the managers really have to subscribe to a new form of leadership and management to manage in a virtual environment. It, it's not the same when I can look out my window or look out my door and see the team working and I can see the body language at any point during the day. I can feel the vibe of the team as they're working. I don't have that anymore. Um, I've got to rely on all of that to be conveyed and uh, hope that my employees are willing to be honest and willing to be a bit more transparent about how they're feeling. In many cases, employees are very guarded and they uh, don't want to expose any potential form of what could be perceived as weakness. Uh, having an employee raise their hand and say, I feel like today it's just too much. It's not something that people often feel uh, safe to do. They, they don't feel like it's something that can be done without some form of retaliation, especially when we're all concerned about whether or not we're all going to have a job. Uh, and, I, and I do not say that in a, in a doomsday kind of way. I think it's, it's really just honoring the reality that we don't know what's around the corner. We don't know when or if we're going to get to the other side of this. And because we sit in this, this big bubble of uncertainty, we've seen 
millions of people go through furlough and then return to work. We've seen layoffs, we've seen restructuring. And so in that kind of an unstable environment, employees may not feel confident to to raise their hand and say, hey, I, I need some help. I'm drowning here. And because of that, managers have to adapt in different ways. There is a need for for managers to become more flexible than ever. Uh, Managers have to somehow find a path to managing the individual with a personalized approach. In the the physical office environment, we'll we'll say rewind back to February. Uh, There are a lot of managers throughout the country who have long subscribed to a one-size-fits-all management approach. And we know that this is not the most effective approach. However, it's a reality for millions of workers. Their boss is just managing the, uh, we'll say, the administration of getting the work done. They're not really managing down to that individual personalized uh, level. And in many cases, it's because they just never were taught. Uh, they they were promoted into a management position and they took the reins and they learned what they needed to learn to just get the job done. But they didn't maybe get equipped with all of those extra skills that you learn over time. Uh, we also see if we go even further into the, the work environment, we see leaders and CEOs are now arriving at the conclusion that we've got to change the way we approach learning. Uh, We have to change in a variety of ways. We have to get to a place where we can be a little bit more predictable with our performance outcomes, with the impacts we're going to have on the business. Uh, in, In some of our prior episodes, you heard me talk a lot about this idea of connecting skills and competencies to learning And having that be a consistent thread that you can use when you're going throughout the learning experience, when you are managing and measuring performance and understanding where you have opportunities, where you have strengths, where you have very big gaps, where you have very little coverage. Uh, And it's, you know, we, we take that and I think leaders of all levels are starting to really see that that is something Whether they can put their finger on it or not, they're saying that there's a a need to change. And ultimately, that's what one of the levers is that could be pulled. The other thing that we're starting to see and hear a lot more of uh, when when I I look at all of the learning-related publications, when I look at the analysts and, and listen to what's happening, I also hear this emerging theme that leaders are starting to articulate that there is even a change needed in the delivery mechanism, the modality of the training, because we not only have multi-generational workforce, but now we have multi-dimensional workspaces. Not every employee is in the same place. Not every employee is in the same environment. Not every employee is even in a similar environment. Some are in a house of one, some are in a house of 30. It like it can be all over the place. And because of this, we have to be able to to better adapt and move into a more broad approach with delivering training across numerous modalities. Same content, or at least content that addresses the same skills, 
that addresses the same competencies, that tries to chip away at the same attitudes and behaviors, but in different modalities so that the diverse workforce can meet all of the needs that they have. The You've heard me talk about skills a couple of times in, in today's podcast alone, and skills focus is even more different today than it was six months ago. Uh, six months ago, eight months ago, a year ago, we might have been talking about skills in terms of uh, job-related skills, job-specific skills. When we think about even maybe the soft skills, the things that we were focusing on are very different today than they were eight months ago. Today, it's more important than ever to focus on building out your employee population's depth with regard to skills like collaboration, creativity, communication, flexibility, dealing with stress. And on, on that note, I think it's even, for many of us, it's really new to have to be thinking about a broader set of curricula that supports employee mental health. Um, if we're not addressing all of the needs of our employees, not just what it takes to physically do the job, not just what it takes to get my office space set up, but how do I, how do I sustain in this environment where I'm not getting the social interactions that I need? I'm not getting the time to interact with people in the same way that I would in an office. Um, we, we don't have the luxury of going into a conference room and whiteboarding and doing all of those things. We can do it virtually. And, and for a majority of the world who wasn't exposed to that type of experience online in March, they've now had a few uh, times, if not a few hundred times to be exposed. Um, I, I don't know if, if any of you out there are like me, but I think I am uh, about eight hours a day uh, contained in, in Zoom. And there is a certain amount of fatigue that can come to play. And when that starts to take place, it also impacts my, my willingness and my attitude regarding interacting with my computer. I can't do my job without my computer. But at the same time, in, in all transparency, there are moments in the day where I do not, I do not want to look at my computer. Just done. Can't can't look at the screen anymore. Whether there's a person or whether it's text or a presentation, just it's it's a lot. And I know just from talking to friends, coworkers, to colleagues throughout the uh, various industries, focused on learning, focused on HR. What I just shared with you is not something that is unique. I, many many people are facing it, and they're starting to to reach that point of burnout where they have no choice but to, to talk about it. So that also brings me to another point that we are also finding ourselves really relying on social more than ever. And when I say social, I'm not just talking about social media. Uh, that, of course, is uh, that's one place where we're able to, to somewhat maintain our connection to other people. We see what's happening in other people's worlds. We, uh, we all have that friend who posts every meal that they have for dinner. So we know that's happening. We have the friend who checks in everywhere they go. And so we can, we can kind of live vicariously through that social interaction on social media. 
But when I say social, the context that I've got here is really this social learning. Uh, leads me to a question. Uh, how are you addressing the idea of social learning in your own company? Are you even addressing it? Is it something where you put a dedicated plan together or, or was social kind of a, a happy accident byproduct of some of the things that you've done? You know, there is a, a notion that training can do so much more than just deliver knowledge to people. When we create learning experiences or training activities, you can do it in a way that also builds community. It builds relationships. It builds collaboration opportunities. And it's, it's when we start to build learning in that way that it allows us to really tap into the power of social and informal learning, which is going to become a huge, huge need. It's already a big need. But as we go forward, I think we all are moving forward forever changed by what's happened over the course of 2020. And I, I hope that we all are willing to not lose sight of the experiences we've had, no matter how good or bad they may have been throughout this year. It's by, by learning from those things we've gone through helps us better prepare for a future that we can't see in the future. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen next year. But if we learn from the journey we've been through, if we pay attention and create experiences where our employees feel comfortable to share what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, same for our managers, same for our leaders, and we put all that stuff to action, we might just get to a really good place. Now, as I close out for today, just kind of winding it down, I do want to issue a call to action. I truly believe that we should all be collaborating with our peers across all industry lines. If you're a learning and development professional, you should do everything in your power to connect now with other learning and development professionals everywhere around the globe. If you want to start small, start in your city, start in your region, um, kind of find a, a general central geographic point of reference where there might be a learning community, but also look online. You've got groups like ATD, you've got large sites like um, HR.com, which offer so many opportunities to share and exchange ideas I don't have to know you to be able to ask a question and for you to be able to understand that we're in the same boat. And the learning community in my entire career, the learning community has always been exceptional at demonstrating what collaboration looks like. In, in other disciplines, I've seen IT resources really get protective. I can't share my secrets. I've seen you know, finance can't really share a lot because it gets really specific to the inner workings of the business. Operations can't always do that, especially when you're in the same industry because of the, the competition threat. But from a learning and development perspective, I think, you know, we can definitely share and we can share often. At this time, all learning and development professionals are having the same challenges. 
How do we do more? How do we do it faster? How do we do it without even having all of the rules fully nailed down? We don't quite understand what's going to happen tomorrow. So we're having to build based on what we think might happen. Um, and we're all having to deal with some form of a disrupted workforce. Some of us have a fully remote workforce. Others of us have a blended hybrid approach. Some people are in the office. Some people are working remote. Um, some people are afraid to go back to the office. Some people are afraid to stay home. It is, it, we're all having a lot of the same challenges. And I think if we can band together, we can put all of our knowledge, all of our experience, all of our, all of what we offer together, we can really drive transformation. So in closing, please take action in the next day, in the next week, in the next month, make it a point to seek out a community or many communities where you can connect with other learning professionals. Be willing to try a few things. Be willing to try a few things that maybe you know ahead of time you're going to fail. That's okay. If I've learned anything during my career as a learning and development professional, it is that if we don't create space for people to try things without the fear of retaliation, if we don't create a space for people to try things and fail, and then celebrate the learning that comes out of that experience, what's the point? I hope everyone stays positive. I hope that you are connected to others where you can share your experiences. Uh, but if not, just know that there is a world of communities available to you online. Just a couple of quick search activities uh, go to google enter in some search terms and find some communities and connect to the larger community until next time stay safe be kind and never stop learning